Christian Parenting. Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center, no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a faith-based counseling center in Austin, Texas, offering online teletherapy for those that live in Texas but outside the Austin area. If you have questions and would like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, powered by the Christian Parenting Podcast Network, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Doctors Jimmy Myers and Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Josh, and I'm Paradox. And I'm Jimmy. Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Oh, well, we're going uh, We're going to this afternoon. We're going to go kill little birds. And pull their heads off. Yes. Yes. Dove season here in Texas. We're going to go out and bag a few birds this afternoon. Do you know the limit? It really doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I have three boxes, and so I'm counting on three birds. <laughs> <laughs> Which is about my average. 15 is your limit. 15? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> so, uh, we're a little excited about here. Uh, excited around here about that going on this afternoon. Welcome to the show, everybody. We are talking today about a topic that is, well, it's interesting because it's everywhere. Every body talks about it in church, in small groups, in books, uh, about any and all relationships that there are. Uh, we talk about the, the concept of intimacy. And a lot of times when we hear, you know... Uh, yeah, I, I would also argue we're therapists, so we see it and talk about it a lot. A lot Your average more than the Joe average schmuck. That's, yeah, they wouldn't. That's dove hunting today. Mm-hmm. Probably doesn't talk about it a whole lot. So True. the opposite of the spectrum, potentially people are completely lost and don't necessarily know up from down when it comes from in, to intimacy. Yes, except we do at church. We talk about it in small groups. We talk about the importance of it. And true, it's going to be mostly the ladies out there that are going to be reading Christian books and relationship books, which and that is sort of the most thing. of the problem, right? Like, so mm-hmm. if our ladies are very familiar with intimacy and guys are out to lunch. And you're stuck in a marriage with mm-hmm. those two differences. That's hard. Well, it kind of goes back to the emotional thing. Um, you know, women are dealing with emotions and, are, and an array of emotions uh, since, uh, you know, childhood. And guys show no emotions except anger until they get into a long-term relationship, get married, and then they're forced to have to, you know, we say all the time that, you know, women, by the time you get married, uh, you have a PhD in emotions, and and a guy is about in third grade when it comes to emotional processing. I actually say it differently. I say women are middle schoolers because they're not Jesus. We like to think that our women know what they're doing emotionally, but they're as emotionally unintelligent than guys are. If guys can't connect with their emotions and they're too cognitive, women often are too controlled by their emotions and don't have enough cognitive 
True. So there's, and I, I, when I do the a relational talk, I think that's very important because women can be placed as king and queen of their house and anything they say goes because they're better emotionally, and that, that just can't happen. Okay, I will buy that. So between a PhD and junior, we're going to have, women are a freshman in college. Okay. Okay. Cool. That's still stupid enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Intimacy. When when you talk, well, first off, when 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 a lot of people hear intimacy, all they think about is sex. That it is, they think of sexual intimacy, and that's that's it. That's their only you know uh, knowledge at all of what intimacy is. And yet, sexual intimacy is is just one facet, an important facet, but just one facet of many facets of intimacy. Uh, that we all, even if we don't know it, Josh, to your point, we want it, whether we know we want it or not. Intimacy is vital, uh, and yet I don't know very many people that could actually define what intimacy is. If you had to define what intimacy is, what would you say? Yeah, I would say connection. because yeah, that's it can. Wrong. That's it can be so a lot of different types of connection. Intimacy ultimately is being able to connect on a Hence uh, connection. Correct. On a very light surface, watching sports with my guys or drinking wine and talking with my girls, but also a very deep. So there's there's different levels of connection, but I think the best word that sums up intimacy is just connecting with others. First off, uh, as a Southern Baptist, I would never be drinking wine. So <laughs> so there's there's that. There, there would be that difference in the way we would approach this. The dictionary says it's close familiarity. I like connection. that. Well, I like it. I would put a slight spin on it because, again, we're, we're saying the same thing, close familiarity and connection. I would say that intimacy is the absence of fear in a relationship, in almost any relationship. So if I can be without fear, if I can say without fear, if I can share without fear, then there's intimacy. And you're, to your point, if I can connect, but I would say uh, f- if there's fear, there is no intimacy because we hold back and we don't have a close familiarity because we're not saying all and sharing all because we're afraid. Yeah. I may be focused in my definition on the verb, the practice of intimacy, where mm-hmm. you are describing an intimate relationship on the back end of absence of fear. Mm-hmm. So you can practice intimacy trying to achieve the absence of fear. Mm -hmm. So I think we're saying the same thing, but just potentially on different ends of the process. Yeah. And because, again, where there is fear, there's no trust. And when there's no trust, there's no intimacy. You know, we we, we talk about sexual intimacy, and I guess that would be a physical manifestation of what we're talking about. Because um, we're, we're saying you, you should be able to emotionally and spiritually and psychologically be laid bare, I guess would, would, would be kind of the connotation with sexual intimacy, even though that's just the physical. In fact, physical intimacy and sexual intimacy aren't the same thing because we, we urge couples all the time about, you know, hey, you know, there's, there's physical intimacy apart from sexual intimacy. 
and we need to, and, and, and a lot of couples are not really good at that. I'm physically intimate with my boys when I'm wrestling with them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That type of thing is very, very, very important to be physically intimate. Uh, because to your point, a lot of guys, you know, when they do make it into school, they're not going to be rolling around wrestling with the science teacher. That, but dad can, you know, I can blow on their bellies. Wait, dad can wrestle with the science teacher? Yes. Huh. Um, I'd put my money on the science teacher. But yes, you could. You could do that. No, I wouldn't either because you're the strong man in mm. your uh, in your CrossFit box. Mm. That's what I hear. Yeah, I'm like number five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You <laughs> pump the pig. If I, there's a pig out there, I pump it. <laughs> so we want to achieve intimacy, uh, and, and we've got to first broaden our idea of what that is. So if we're talking about connection, uh, a lack of fear, uh, this close familiarity, then we've got to expand it to non-sexual intimacy, emotional intimacy. So if I share an emotion, you know, in a healthy relationship, they say, I don't know who they is other than Google, that in a good relationship, you can share 80% of emotions and they're going to be received without rejection. And so you kind of do the math in, in your own relationships. So there's intellectual intimacy. Can I speak my ideas and my thoughts without, you know, someone saying that they're idiotic? Spiritual intimacy, which is why it's so difficult for uh, believers to be unequally yoked with non-believers, because there is there's no core there. When we talk about the birth of a child, the death of a parent, the these just these major life issues, there's not there's not that shared foundation. Therefore, there's going to be a lack of ultimate intimacy. So. How do we get there? And I guess you continue to use the word intimacy, and that's obviously our topic for today. Yeah, that's why I used it. I don't want to the guys to just immediately disconnect from this talk because connection is another really great word. You probably aren't going to sit around and tell your dudes, let's be innocent. Let's, let's go to a bar and be intimate. You know, no. that's probably not the word that you're going to use. And you might run for the hills thinking about being intimate with your dude friends. Um, but so connect or sharing your life with, there's other ways to put it mm -hmm. that aren't as scary for guys. But we're talking about the same thing, connection and sharing your life with and being close with somebody else. And so don't just automatically go, ugh, intimacy, this is for my wife. Uh, you can also connect or you can be close with other guys uh, and achieve that intimacy without having to label it as such. And you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, okay, intimacy with my wife in, in all these different ways, but there's intimacy within the family. We talked about wrestling with your, your boys. There's intimacy in, in the family relationship as well. Can your children talk to you without fear of your response? We say all the time, if, if, there's, if there's people not talking, if there's a couple not talking, if parents and kids are not talking, you know, if there's a lack of talking, it basically comes from two things, fear or frustration, the two Fs. And with children, you know, especially as they get older and they become, you know, teenagers, we tell them, you know, honey, you can talk to me about anything. And then they talk to us about anything. 
and we explode at them or we ground them or we take their phone away and burn it in the backyard. So we told them that we can talk about anything, but in all reality, we taught them that we cannot talk about anything. So is there this lack of fear? Can your children talk to you about anything without fear of what your response is going to be? Are they so afraid of being punished? And this is even a a little kid. Are they so afraid of being punished that they're not going to tell you the truth? You know, in counseling, we say we train people how to treat us. Sometimes we train people to lie to us because we take their head off when they tell us things that we don't want to hear. So intimacy is 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 with the boys, it is with kids, it's with your wife, it's in small groups. It is a close familiarity. And if you look up and you can't find an intimate relationship or you're sitting there and you're like, "Man, my my husband's such a beep and he's never wanting to connect with me and Oh, my kids, they're just, they never want to talk to me about anything. And oh, I mean, I don't have any girlfriends that if you sit there and just think that everybody else has a problem and no one can achieve the level of intimacy that you want, you got to figure out that, hey, you're the common denominator. There might be some things that you need to do differently to potentially achieve more intimacy. And there's a lot wrapped up with this idea of intimacy. Uh, You know, you talk about fear or the absence of fear, um, you know, in intimate relationships. There can be a lot of reasons why we have fear in the first place Mm -hmm. um, from relationships in the past that did you wrong or abuse or, uh, you know, if you were potentially divorced previously. There's a lot of reasons why we struggle with intimacy. But if you look around and you don't have it anywhere, potentially going to get and help yourself. Mm-hmm. to be able to try to do your best to achieve that in relationship is really important. So if you do look around, because you can you can just say, can I say anything without fear of rejection, dismissal, ridicule? Can I, can I say that about my marriage? Can I say that about um, my church, my small group, my friends? Can I, sh- are there things in your life that are extremely important to you that you can't say to your significant other or to a friend or to a small group or whatever. If the answer is, no, I, you know, no, there's not, or I certainly can't with my spouse, we're going to go through some things. And, and yes, this is true of your spouse, but it's also true of your children. It's true of all these relationships. So, The first thing is, if you want to create an atmosphere where there is no fear, begin by showing appreciation, showing appreciation for what your spouse does, showing appreciation to your children. When we tell them to do something and they do it, a lot of times it's just like, well, I told them to do it. They're supposed to instead of just, oh, my God, thank you for doing that. Uh, showing appreciation is a great way to build trust, which therefore, in another words, is building intimacy. So the first step to intimacy isn't demanding intimacy? No. Huh. You Share with me. Intimate with me. You will connect with me right now. Huh. I fully yeah. expected that to be. What's wrong with you? I'm dying on the vine over here. Yeah. Get over here. Mm-hmm. Build Vic Jim. Yeah. So first... Show appreciation. That would be the first thing. And again, that's in 
it's in anything. Do, does your, do your small group, do they know that you appreciate them? And when they share something that is pretty vulnerable for them to share, do we say how much we appreciate that? So show appreciation. Number two, make an effort to learn from each other and learn about each other. To be able to, that was, and it's a little about the appreciation, but uh, I never knew that. Now, wait a minute. This is what you're really, really good at. So tell me, because I don't understand. Just that's taking whatever it is, it's taking you off your high horse. And when you can do this with your children, it's gold to be able to say, now, what is, now what, what is this again? And again, for, for most of us, you know, once they get out of, into about the fourth grade level of math, we can learn from them. What is, what is, what are you talking about? Uh, and, and not only learn from them, but to learn about them. And we do that by asking questions. If you want to connect with people, ask them questions. And that's why I think it's important to go backwards about the whole women conversation, not having PhDs in in emotion. If they view themselves as the emotional strong one and my my husband's an imbecile, Mm -hmm. that is an easy high horse to sit on. And they're never going to ask the husband and want to learn from them and how to be intimate. Mm -hmm. But your husband is half of the equation here. Mm -hmm. He also needs to teach you how to be intimate with him. And you teaching him how to be intimate with you. And so there is this, it's huge, this learning curve with each other, maritally, as also with kids as well. The whole love languages applies mm-hmm. here. But that's why I think it is important for women to acknowledge their own fallibility with intimacy and emotions and being able to humble themselves and learn for them, from their husbands. Number three, set aside time for each other. And this can be hard. And during a worldwide pandemic... People may be saying, no, 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 we're good. We have enough time with each other. But this is specific time. Time when you're when you're not necessarily doing something, even though, back to love languages, when you talk quality time, uh, and love and respect from Egrich, you know, guys tend to enjoy just their wives being in the same room with them, even though they're not necessarily talking. They're just doing the same thing or working on different things. They just enjoy the presence of their wives. That's because talking is exhausting. Exhausting. Oh, my gosh. It's just so. And if you don't keep the banter up constantly, then what's wrong? (laughs) We can't even talk. You know what? I will let you know when something is wrong. And now that you mentioned something's wrong, now there is something's something's wrong. wrong. You keep asking. You know what's wrong? You asking what's wrong. That's what's wrong. (laughs) All right. So set a time for each other. And then, by the way, that would be for kids. That would, if you want intimacy, it you can't get there short of spending time. I had a buddy. This is we don't have time for this, but it applies and it's funny. I had a buddy. His kid started second grade or something. I don't know, but uh, and the male kid comes home and the wife's like, "Hey, buddy, what'd you do today?" And the kid's like. I don't know. Oh, well, did you talk to any friends? I don't remember. What'd you do for lunch? Listen, I don't remember anything. (laughs) The second grader said, and the wife was like, oh, okay, well, I guess no more questions. And then us, all of us adult males are like, is that all it takes? Is to just say, I don't remember anything? Done. (laughs) 
whoa, okay, no more questions. Listen, I don't remember anything, Mom. But there's a there's an example of what you're talking about. That kid, you always say with kids, especially teenagers, they'll talk. You just have to be in the room when they're ready to do it. Because this is true of spouses, children, friends. We can't demand that they share on our timetable. There have been numerous, and, and, and this is just me, but Beth could ask at the end of the day, so what would you do today? And I go, uh, I sat in a room and I talk <laughs> with people. I couldn't, you could pay me a million dollars and I could not. Now, on our walk, a couple hours later, oh, I talked to the president of the United States about two o'clock. Just, it's, it's there then. But, you know, to share on demand, and again, that's anybody, anywhere, any relationship, married, unmarried, children, to just demand that people share when you want them to and then be hurt when they don't. You know, that's kind of an unfair expectation to place on people. And I would say, and this is this is for kids and this is for husband and wives especially, but it is to show physical affection. Show and it, with the husband and wife especially, show this non-sexual physical affection, holding of hands, and and especially we want to men in front of their sons, especially well, and their daughters, but to show physical affection to their moms is so very, very important. And to remain physically affectionate with your kids. We have shared before on here, but how, you know, I can remember the first time Sarah came and jumped in my lap and I just went, oh my, I froze up because her body was changing. And it's the first time I, I guess I actually noticed it. And when that happens, when it hits 11 or 12, whatever prepubescent or they're just starting puberty, so many guys just go, whoop, hands off. Um, that's it. You know, the, the, the time of rolling around with my, that's over. It's not over. If there was ever a time for dad, especially to remain physically affectionate with their daughters, it's when they're beginning puberty uh, and all the hormones are going crazy. They need a male to love and accept and lavish affection on them. So show physical affection and to quote, especially in in marriage, to quote the great philosopher Darius Rucker, you know, if you show what is it, show You're some something in the daylight, and oh and you my might gosh, get lucky. This is the worst quote. If ever. You're in the daylight, when you might get, yeah, the deal is show non sexual affection yeah, is what gosh. I was getting to. That was the worst. Uh, and then lastly, there's probably no greater intimacy on earth than spiritual intimacy. And I'll tell you, spiritual intimacy is as close to sexual intimacy as someone is going to get. When, when it, all the, the years that I was a youth minister, I would tell kids, especially leaders within, you know, you know hey, you know, don't, don't pray with your girlfriend. Don't just get alone in your prayer closet and kneel and pray with you. Don't do that. Because spirit- that quickly becomes a <laughs> non- Prayer closet. Yes, it is. You know what I'm saying? It converts. <laughs> so don't. if you're going to, do it around the feasting table with everybody else. But spiritual intimacy is just so very close to sexual intimacy. 
Uh, it's the greatest form of intimacy that you can have. Therefore, if you want the trickle-down effect of intimacy in all the other relationships, then focus on your intimacy with Christ and, and bringing your relationship uh, with Christ to be the best that it can be. Again, you can show me someone's, a couple's walk with Christ, and I'll show you their marriage because they, they mirror each other. You're not going to have a horrible walk with Christ and a great marriage or a horrible marriage. People who come from marriage counseling, virtually without exception, their walk with Christ is not good. It just, it just isn't. Potentially one or both. Correct. One or both. Yes. And there can be other things involved. Not that if you're in marriage counseling right now, we're not telling you that you're a terrible Christian. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was my main main point, Josh. Okay, so boiling this down to the most practical thing possible, specifically within marriage, pick one night a week, two hours after the kids go to bed, or if they're older, before they get home, two hours. You're sitting together, no electronics, and you can simply stare at each other. And, and if you do that for long enough, eventually you're gonna start talking. And you're going to laugh, and sometimes you're going to fight. I would encourage you before you end that two hours to pray together, just one night a week. That's it. And physical affection without any demand for a payoff. I don't agree with that one. I'm kidding. You're a sad, sad, sad little man. So intimacy, what is it? And why is it important? It is a lack of fear, it is connection, and it's important because it's the essence of what we want. We want relationships, but you can have a relationship with your butcher. We want an intimate relationship. And it starts with your intimacy with Christ. Yeah. If you want more information about this episode, you can check us out at paradoxpodcast.com. It's also christianparenting.org slash paradox. You can find us on our socials there as well. We appreciate you guys for listening. We would love if you rated the show and shared it. Thanks so much. For more information about the voice of the Paradox Podcast, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show and find the archive of all our past shows, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Mm-hmm.